Welcome to the College Football Bros. I'm Michael Newman. I'm Ryan Newman. And I'm Trey Newman. On to day two of our head coach rankings week. Uh, We're covering the Big 12 today, the 10 coaches in the Big 12. If you're watching on YouTube, be be sure to give the video a thumbs up and leave a comment below with your biggest disagreement with our rankings. And this one's interesting because there's a few different options at number one. We'll obviously get to that. But let's start at the bottom tray with number 10. Yeah, we got Joey McGuire of Texas Tech. He hasn't even been a coordinator in college, so he's he's difficult to rank. But he is he's a high school coaching legend, winning four state titles in Texas. Uh, he did shadow Matt Rule and Dave Aranda at Baylor, so he he's seen what it takes to win at a at a high level high level in the Big Twelve. But all that being said, I think it is a pretty good hire for Texas Tech. Uh, they kind of need to be unique. They're going to try and um, leverage his his relationships in the high school uh, ranks because he. He's recruiting at a high level, uh, hitting the transfer portal. They already have four four-stars for the next year's class. So we'll just wait and see if he can kind of mesh that all and, and produce on the field. I think this might be the strongest number 10 or the strongest yeah. last place coach we have here. Because if I were a Texas Tech fan, I'd be feeling great about the hire. But uh, there's just a lot of solid coaches. So Yeah, it'd be hard to justify putting him over him just because he's so unproven but it's um a promising start here for him all right let's move on to number nine we got neil brown uh from west virginia you know his tenure there uh it's kind of teetering a little bit right now he's 17 and 18 in his three years there 11 and 15 in the conference so you know it's it's okay but not a whole lot of excitement for him you know on the field recruiting is is fine it's not elite but you know it's not bad um if he misses a, a bowl game this year that that could be the end for him, but you know, if he, even if he goes six and six, I think he's kind of on the hot seat and teetering. But important piece though is he did just land JT Daniels out of the transfer portal, um, and they they need some help at quarterback. Jared Dagey was stable, but didn't really kind of take things to the next level for him. So if JT Daniels pans out, and it could be kind of the the spark that he needs to to kind of raise the profile there and get him off that kind of so so quote unquote hot seat. Yeah. And he did amazing things at Troy, so that still counts for yeah, something, too. So that's a pretty does. solid number nine to have. Number eight, we've got Lance Leopold, or sorry, Lance Leipold from Kansas. Uh, did a great job at Wisconsin Whitewater. That's a few levels below <laughs> yeah. where we're at here. Uh, at Buffalo, took him a while to get going there, but he did get going and, and left them when they were rolling. At Kansas, it's impossible to judge after one year, especially one year when he was hired so late in the cycle so um still to be determined there i had him a little bit higher than this on my personal list but i understand he's he's not proven at the the power five level number seven we have sunny dykes at tcu you know more often than not we we kind of know what we're getting out of out of dykes teams uh pretty good offenses subpar defenses he's walking into a tcu situation where they should have a pretty good offense with him this year but they need the defense to help him out he's familiar with dallas uh having spent five seasons across town at at smu overall me personally i'm a little mad on him just because he he never got smu really threatening in the aac and he was just kind of average at cal i don't know how much upside he really has uh, i'm not saying he's gonna fail at tcu by any measure but it's just i'm just not sure what their ceiling is with him Hmm. I am. Uh, I was higher on Sonny Dykes than you. I had him fourth. I don't know. I, I think. I think he's really good. He did a great job at Louisiana Tech. 
at Cal, I would say, yeah, okay job, but not bad. I think he did a really good job at SMU, building them up to kind of the, the upper tier of the of the AAC. I think he's a top 10 offensive mind in college football. Um, it, he is I, that. I'm still wondering, though, how he is as a recruiter. We'll see now that he's at the Power 5 level. If he's just average there, then maybe my fourth is a bit too high, but I don't know. I like him. Yeah, I think I, I'm kind of ha- happily in the middle between you guys on Sonny Dykes. 25 and 10 in his final three years there at SMU, and it's not like SMU is just some easy place to win at. They've they've obviously had a lot That's of struggles very true. sometimes. So it's a good point. Um, and he did he did pull a couple of surprise recruits there. Um, yeah. So hopefully he can do the same at, at TCU. And like Trey said, just across the town, man, he probably didn't even have to move. He's probably got the same place, so that certainly helps. Um, but yeah, I I think he'll have some success there at TCU. But anyways, let's move on to number six. We got Chris Kleiman from Kansas State. Um, he's done a solid job there, making K-State competitive. Two out of the three years he's been there, they reached eight wins. Um, and they likely would have gone bowling in 2020 if they were able to play non-conference games. So uh, I, I'm going to count that for him. Um, of course, for, for him, I guess my only major concern is, okay, is there anything better that he can do now? Can he make that next take that next step? Um, considering he's not able to bring in a lot of talent, um, you know they really they only beat out Kansas in the Big Twelve recruiting rankings two out of the last three years. That's not going to help. Um, you know, clearly he's a good on-field coach. He's good, built a good culture. He did a great job at North Dakota State. Um, but I'm just not sure long term if like if he can ever do much better than this and even keep this going. You know, we'll see how it goes. But I'm I'm a little I'm a little skeptical. But he's done a good job so far. Okay, moving on to our top five here. We have Brent Venables from Oklahoma at fifth. And this is about as high as you'll see uh, a, a coach who's never been a head coach before on, on one of these lists, or at least our lists. Um, I was slightly lower than him uh, on him than, than fifth, but I'm okay with, with where he ended up here because, well, one thing we know for sure is that he's going to recruit very well he already showed that by salvaging the 2022 class bringing in a really good transfer class so he's 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 famous he's known by college football players he's been recruiting elite guys at clemson so that part of it is is good and also that that reputation i think serves him well in building a coaching staff he was able to bring todd bates from clemson that's a huge piece uh coaching the defensive line getting jeff levy from ole miss to come is huge so those parts of him, uh, like his reputation preceding him, will make him a better coach. Um, but he's never been a head coach before. So I, I just think there's been a lot of great coordinators that haven't ended up being good coaches. So that's that's why I was a little yeah. more cautious on him. But Ryan, you had him fourth, so you're not too worried yeah. about the unknown there. Well, I just, I don't know if it's, I mean, I guess it's a slight unknown for sure, not being a head coach. But if you're ever going to hire a, a coordinator with as little unknowns as as you could have, it's it's Venables. I mean, he's he's been around for so long now, two decades, and every time, every every year, it seems like he's had either a really good or elite defense, and that's over such a long term. So I, he's clearly shown that he adapts and he learns, he evolves. Um, he's not just a flash in the pan. So I think that bodes well moving into this kind of newish era of college football where you got to really adapt to the new nil and all that so i, I think he's gonna handle that pretty darn well and ou obviously just has some built-in 
advantages being OU. It's a big time yeah. program. You're going to be, you have the ability to recruit. Well, he knows that he's been there for so long. Um, he's done a great job filling out a good staff. I'm high on his, uh, the, the staff he put around him. I think they're going to have a, already going to have a good team. He's going to start off probably pretty well because they got a good amount of talent coming back. Uh, they could probably, they could win the big 12. So I think it's already setting up pretty well for him. I think he's just going to keep OU rolling really. Final point. Did you guys know it's the fourth straight Oklahoma head coach with no head coaching experience? That works and out it, wow. yeah. it's all it's all kind of worked out. It, yes, it has. Yeah. I'm not sure I see three straight playoffs, uh, 14 playoffs yes. for Venables, no. but I do think no. he'll do very well. Yeah. Yep. All right. Number four, the Red River rival, Steve Sarkeesian of Texas. You know, they underachieved last year. No question about it. Uh, but I guess if you're a Texas fan, give them give him a pass for year one. Now it's time to get to business. The recruiting was incredible this year. They landed the top recruit from from last year uh, via transfer Quinn Ewers. Uh, so the offense should look pretty solid this season under him. Uh, but he just really needs the defense to start pulling its weight and, and start to improve. But, you know, even if they don't break through this year, he's going to have another strong year of recruiting. And I just I wouldn't be surprised if we, we saw him higher on this list in the upcoming years. Yeah. yeah, this is tough. I'm sure a lot of people will say, "What he went five and seven with a lot of yeah. talent? How is he fourth? I can I can see that argument. He's there, this is a ranking based on potential uh, and based on you know the recruiting. Yeah, it, that's a really hard one. I had him below Venables. I put Venables higher. Just you know, I, I don't know. After that one year of Texas, it just wasn't good. So I had him above because of a tiebreaker, kind of going back to. Uh, Washington. The fact that he was a head coach for a long time at Washington and inherited a, did a dumpster fire and did an okay job. Like it wasn't a great job, but he did a pretty good job. Right. Right. Yep. You're splitting hairs. Yeah. All right. Moving on to uh, number three, we have uh, Dave Aranda from Baylor. Uh, two and seven in his first year at Baylor. So he kind of did a Matt Rule, just put put expectations real low. Um, and said, "Oh, it's terrible, guys. Terrible here." Now, then he exploded this year, going 12-2, and winning the Big 12. That was a spectacular accomplishment. Um, did it in very thrilling fashion. Um, then moving, proceeding to beat Ole Miss in the Sugar Bowl, which is another huge accomplishment for Baylor. So recruiting's picked up a little bit as well. Um, he's done a good job there. And he's just, I mean, i got to go back to his past, too. Utah State did well. I mean, these are all coordinator spots I'm naming here, but he did great. Utah State, Wisconsin, LSU. I mean, so he's he's just had success and always had a great defense no matter what now if he can just pick up the offense even a little bit which they started to do last year boom he's he's done a great job but yeah, oh yeah Trey, I, you had him number one yeah wow <laughs> i mean i like michael kind of laid out at the beginning you could name uh a lot of these guys number one but i mean my my case is that he led baylor freaking baylor to winning the big 12 title um fair enough it's just remarkable and you know he 12 wins uh, a top five finish that I mean it's just crazy I mean I know Baylor should maybe drop a little bit this year but I mean I just loved the way the way to see the reaction interaction between him and his players he handled the success so well I mean winning the big 12 at Baylor I just can't reiterate that enough it's it's <laughs> remarkable yeah I, I like Dave Aranda as a USC fan I was he was the guy I was kind of hoping we would hire before I realized Lincoln Riley was an option so I can see why you have number one but at the same time, I can't. I don't know. It's just one year. I know. Like, yeah. I just need to see, see more. There's guys ahead yeah. of them that have done a lot of good things over several years. So 
the upside's there for him to vault to number one, but I just I couldn't do it yet. I know. The other thing I like is he brought in he brought in Jeff Grimes as his offensive coordinator. That that looked yeah. that proved paid dividends yeah, this year. But, well. but yeah, I agree. It, I agree. It might have been a little reach. All right, moving on to number two, we have Matt Campbell of Iowa State. I was the one who had him number one. So all three of us had different player or different coaches uh, at number one. And I don't know. He just he took over a team at Iowa State that hadn't had a winning record in Big Twelve play since two thousand, and before that. 1989 so they were just horrible 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 and after one transition year Campbell has now had five straight seasons with a winning record in Big 12 play last year they were 19th in SP plus they just happened to lose five one score games so they were uh, you know yeah. a lot better than than the record would indicate um, it's just this is the greatest stretch in Iowa State history by far and I don't know I just I, I had him number one, but I will say though, after kind of sitting on this, we ranked these yesterday. After sitting on it a day or so, looking at Ryan's number one ranking, looking at his yeah. history, I was like, yeah, mm, yeah. maybe yeah. Gundy. Well, I, I yeah. gave it away, but yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, for for Campbell, you know, I, I mean, I have, I think I had him number two, maybe number three, but um, you, you do have to kind of. Some people point to well, the recruiting isn't that great, which you know, fair enough, it's not, but. At some point, you got to just take into consideration he's just winning. Like, he's doing a great job. Forget the recruiting. It's whatever he's doing, developing players, and whoever he's bringing in, he's doing great. So it's kind of sometimes where it's just like, okay, recruiting's important, but they're not competing for national championships at Iowa State. You don't need top five classes at Iowa State because they're not competing for that. You just need to be able to have winning records there, and you're doing great. So he's done. he's been awesome. Okay, All right, let's, let's move on. Number one. Yeah, yeah Michael one. ruined it. Yeah. Oh, sorry. Go ahead, Trey. No. Well, yeah, it's it's Mike Gundy of Oklahoma State, and he's one of the longest tenured coaches in the country. It really is amazing when you look at the sustained success that he's had in Stillwater. I mean, he turned Oklahoma State into a really strong program. I mean, it, I'm kind of like you, Michael. Looking back at his yearly record, it really opened my eyes. Uh, they've been over 500 every year since his first season in in 2005. That's crazy. Multiple times straight mul- years. That's crazy multiple times they've finished in the top 15. They were an inch away from winning the Big 12 title this past year. And if you look at it, they've had more success than Texas in the last decade, which you never would have bet that a decade ago. And, you know, just when they, it looks like they're going to regress, he bounces back with a, a strong year. He's developed a lot of offensive weapons. He's just one of the most consistent coaches out there. He won a Big 12 title in 2011, so it's not like he has missing that from his resume. And, of course, Trey mentioned inches away from another one this past year. and not About a 9-4 and four average is his record, 8.8 to about four losses. Like 9-4 and four at Oklahoma State for that long, that's, that's impressive. Um, I don't know, 11-5 in bowl games. Just the long, again, I brought it up with uh, Dave Doran, but the longevity, you just you have to give that a lot of credit. Yeah. I mean, lasting that Anybody can go 9-4, and four, couple of years few years but doing that consistently for 16 years in Stillwater i mean and now he's doing amazing. it with defense somehow it, it was i know he's, he's, yeah. yeah suddenly he's kind of changed the program a little bit we'd like to see that offense get back a little better but uh, a little bit he was able to able to win without it uh okay let's uh take a look at this full list of of big 12 coaches what are your overall thoughts ryan yeah, so the common theme I kind of took from this group was, you know, like the top two guys, Mike Gundy, Matt Campbell. We kind of brought it up with Kleiman. Um, we have some, like, and Neil Brown possibly, but 
we have some um, Sonny Dykes, good coaches, like really good on-field coaches that you trust, like on game days and stuff like that. Like, hey, we're, we're, I got a good coach, but maybe not the top recruiting coaches out there. Mm. You know, so I feel like there is a max on how good some of these teams can be, but you don't want to fire them because they are solid coaches. But the, the the potential for them to take off, I just don't think is quite there. Maybe for some of them. Yeah, that's a good point. I mean, like it is. It's, there's no with with Lincoln Riley gone. There's there's not that top guy where you're just like this is one of the five or ten bo- best coaches in college football. That's so why that, we all had different number ones. Yeah, exactly. So that that kind of hurts them. Like at the top, the number one is you know quote unquote weak compared to I think all the other conferences or most of them at least. Um, but but all ten of these guys I think are good. Like I, I kind of there's reasons to think that all ten are good, but just it remains to be seen. If, if anyone, they kind of need Sark or, or Venables to emerge as elite. Well, yeah, and then they'll yeah, leave for the SEC. <laughs> <laughs> well, there's that, yeah. But honestly, I think, really, you could mix a lot of these guys up, and I really wouldn't bat an eye. Like, none of these, if they, they moved around a little bit next year, wouldn't surprise me whatsoever. Uh, yeah. One interesting thing is that they're going to be adding four new schools probably in 2023, right? And those four coaches are, are going to just help the the depth because you got Gus Malzahn, Dana Holgerson, Kalani Sataki, and Luke Fickle. That's yeah, pretty good, good coaches. Four coaches to add. Do you th- where would you have Luke Fickle? That's my question for you now. Oh, I'm, I'm springing this on you without without Luke Fickle. Wow, like he might. Ah, man, I, I might. Can't, put I can't him put at, him above. I can't put him in the top three right now. I can't. Not you can't put oh, him in the top three. Can't put him the, above Dave Aranda. He's in the top five, yeah, no doubt. I would have. Oh yeah, I'd probably Aranda. put him fourth. I put him four. I put him fourth. I'll put him right behind Dave Aranda. Wow, I think he's proven a little more, but fair enough. Um, I would. I, I don't know. He's in that discussion for number one. Like we, yeah, luckily, I, I don't have to make fair, that decision fair. until after this year when, and then they'll <laughs> yeah. join the Big Twelve. That's right. This year will kind yeah, of right. if Cincinnati goes, you know, ten and two, eleven and one hey, again, like, then maybe he's number one. But uh, like like Trey said, Dave Aranda. When the Big Twelve man just can't wrap their head around. No, I know it's putting true, a, it's true. fickle, but you know it's. I, I if you want to put him number one, fine. Go ahead, Michael. Put him number one. I'll no have problem. Him, I could. <laughs> I don't know. I don't. Let's just say if I'm starting a program right now, that's who uh-huh. I would choose among all of these guys because he's got the recruiting and he's got yeah. the the on field. But okay, you might you might have that. You might have that. Anyway. That'll do it for this episode of the College Football Bros. Again, let us know your thoughts in the comments and give that video a thumbs up so that we become YouTube famous, which has always been Trey's dream. <laughs> so yeah. help Trey out. We'll see you next time. You've been listening to the College Football Bros. If you have any questions for the next podcast, email them to collegefootballbros at gmail.com. To keep up with the brothers on social media, like them on Facebook at College Football Bros. Follow them on Instagram at College Football Bros. And for their commentary on Saturdays, follow them on Twitter at CFB Bros. Thanks for listening.